Hello and welcome to Writing the Coast. I'm Megan Cole, your host, and Writing the Coast is the official podcast of the BC and Yukon Book Prizes. On this podcast, I chat with the authors and illustrators whose books have been nominated for the annual prizes. And with March just under a month away, the prizes elves are busy preparing the next shortlist of books, which means soon we will say goodbye to last year's nominees and welcome in a new batch of great books and talented creators. But we don't have to move on from 2019 quite yet. In this episode, you'll hear my conversation with Anjane Yang-Hoi. Anjana's beautiful book of poetry, The Small Way, was nominated for the 2019 Dorothy Livesay Prize. When I received this book from Caitlin Press, I sat down and read it almost in one sitting. The emotion and story of Anjana, her shifting relationship, and the changing identities of both her and her spouse are soaked into every poem in the book. Anjana starts this conversation off with a reading from the epilogue of The Small Way. Uh, So I'm going to be reading uh, a poem called The Pale Blue. It's from the epilogue, so it's at the very end of the book. And the title is actually from Carl Sagan's description of Earth from Out From Space um, that he thought of in 1990 from the Voyager 1. I guess that's a picture from that. So it's in five parts. One. Whatever face and figure you inhabit, Whatever desperation that this new life has brought you, whatever excitement or fights or hammering of injustices on your femininity of showing your true self. No matter the glares on any random street, the characteristic swerve of a stranger's head, to stare, to stare at you, your body. You knew the look and what they were thinking. No matter the everyday indignities of being called sir at a local coffee shop, others insisting on an identity that isn't there. No matter all that, sometimes you remember that in a strange way, you are lucky to be able to be, to live. To work and earn money and walk freely at day and night amongst those you love. To hold the small warm hands of a woman you adore and squeeze tightly to your chest. Two. I'm sorry that I have to write about you. I guess I can explain it like this. We are given the stories we are given. I don't know how else to understand us, how we grew and abruptly came apart. What if our time was all our Sunday mornings? What do you remember about Leap Day? I think I want you to understand something of myself and of how much I loved you. The recorded messages people sent in 55 languages on the Voyager were of love and welcome. Enter into me. We accept you. Come to us. Three. You will always see me and I will always see you. Instinct for us to know each other. You are who you've always been. The matter of gender that seems so huge is really nothing at all when you consider stars. Deep down, we remember the names we called each other, how it was once painful to spend even one night apart. We settled into comfort, laid out our rugs. We work, we come home, we eat, we watch TV. We talk, we turn on lamps and feed the cat. 
We leaned into each other old skins. What we don't know makes miracles. Take the lightning and the full wide moon, the undulations of the northern lights. We have lived in each other a long time in the maze of each other's fingerprints. Being together was as comfortable as being alone. Four. We stand under clouds. Sometimes rain falls on us, sometimes snow. Sometimes the wind makes our eyes water. What will happen to us? I have loved all of you, no matter your gender. Because of your gender. I know there is something within you that will not break. You know. You will live and make a nest. You will rest gently and close your eyes. Remember, your lips upon my skin, the softness of your side and belly. Once we held each other with a fury. We can never be sure of anything now. Our house is overcome. All we can do is leave our hearts ajar. Do not close. Do not close. Five. Each other's bodies familiar to us as our own hands. I know just where to rest my head on your shoulder. How your fingers can so easily find the hollow of my back. What to do with all these memories? Do not imprison them or put them in steel boxes. It is important to love and remember. We love because we remember. Now we bring unfamiliar bodies to our lips. Now our skins become strange again. Nothing can change the fact that we used to share a bed, wrote D. Berman. You held your favorite guitar loosely between your hands and sang to me this song. We taste unfamiliar bodies. We hum a familiar tune. We may be just a blinking star, dead millions of years ago, but the light the light. Still it shines. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's so I it's such a beautiful book. I was just totally enraptured by it as I read it. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and I, I'm kind of thrilled that you actually chose to read the epilogue because it kind of brought in some themes that I noticed as I was reading through uh, your book. And two of the themes that came up for me were you talking about stars and space and the moon. The moon came up quite a bit. Um, what was it about those themes that you were drawn to? Good question. As I was writing it, those kind of themes and reoccurring images emerged. So there was the moon, the stars, physics, the idea of you know, parallel universes or multiverses came up and they just came up organically, I would say. And I think I kind of leaned into that. And I think the reason I was drawn to those cosmic themes is that, you know, at the time I was writing it, I was still going through the events that are outlined in the book and I was struggling. I was, you know, I was really sad. And, you know, when bad stuff happens we always wonder why and I think that kind of made me think of why and fate and you know some people go to God or religion but I went to science and space and I found comfort in the idea that 
you know, in this life, this is happening, but perhaps in, in another life, in a parallel universe or in a different universe, you know, I'm a completely different person in a happy relationship. And so, I mean, that idea of the possibilities, I guess, and the idea that there is an alternate reality in which things are different. And I gravitated towards that just as a thing to hold on to. And the images kind of, yeah, recurred. And, and at that time, I was quite obsessed with um, reading about physics and quantum physics and string theory. So that kind of, I think, bled into that. So that's, that's I guess, the story behind that. <laughs> it makes sense. It always seems like the things we're, we're particularly obsessed with at a time seeps into our writing. Mm-hmm. For sure. The other um, theme that I noticed in the epilogue, but I noticed throughout the book, was this playing with story, like stories and narrative in our lives and the stories that shape who we are. And I love so much that line, we are given the stories we are given. Mm -hmm. um, could you talk a little bit about, because I found it interesting too that while it's a book of poetry, it's, it's really... A, a story that should be read in its entirety because it's so beautiful altogether. Was that something you were thinking about a lot, the idea of how stories shape our identity and, and those types of things? Uh, yeah, I think that's, um, that's definitely like the case. And it's funny that you mentioned that the book um, sh should I mean, ideally be written as a whole. Cause I, I did write it as like a singular narrative with a, beginning, middle, and end. And throughout the book, there are ideas of narratives and what we tell ourselves. And that particular line you cited, uh, we are given the stories we're given, that was something that was told to me from, uh, you'll probably laugh at this because she has been brought up a million times in your podcast, Betsy <laughs> Warland. <laughs> Right? Yes, she needs to be on. The, I, I keep saying she needs to be on the podcast. She's become a reoccurring character now. <laughs> She's a complete guru and like a mentor to so many writers, including me. Um, I mean, I didn't work extensively with her, but the little contact I did have with her was very invaluable. And I actually, uh, she actually helped me a lot with this particular book. She, I asked her to help me to look at the draft and give me some edits. So she was like the first official person that helped me edit the book. And, and I was talking to her about, you know, do I have the right to tell this story? Because it's actually not the story of my own transition. It's my partner's. And, you know, I felt very guilty and bad about revealing all this stuff. But then, you know, she said, you know, this is what you experienced and, she said, you know, the, the words, we are given the stories we are given. And as writers, we have to honor that. And that particular sentiment uh, really helped me grapple with all the emotions and uh, the idea that, you know, do I have the right to tell these stories as well? So that's, yeah, that's kind of the story behind that line. But yeah, narratives, it's like, you know, whatever we tell ourselves it's it's it kind of frames our reality that's that's a lot to do with cognitive behavioral therapy you know like that that, that kind of idea where the way you frame your thoughts or emotions is actually where you're going to go 
So if you're like framing different stories in a certain way, then that's where you'll go. And in this, but in this, with this book, I kind of wanted to be as honest as possible, like honest in my, what I was feeling and my emotions and what I was going through. But at the same time, I say that, but it's a book. There's a lot of artifice on it. I did a lot of revisions. There's, so it's like, I say it's an authentic personal story, but there's still a lot of uh, behind the scenes craft that went on into the book. So, you know, you can say that all narratives and stories are manufactured. And I, I think it was interesting to me in, in reading the book, because it made me think a lot about language and the power that different words have in defining who we are and how we are in the world. Because even you thinking about, I, there was a line that said, I think, am I a lesbian? Like you trying to mm -hmm. think about, you know, who am I now in this new relationship? What is our relationship now that the two people have shifted? I found those kind of thinking about language, marriage, relationships, how we identify ourselves. I really thought about that deeply as I was reading the book yeah I mean that whole aspect of questioning and kind of looking back at your past and revising it according to the facts that are present now I mean that is completely present in the book and and you know in my own personal experience obviously and you know and, and especially you know in terms of like sexuality or gender or any kind of identity you identify with, like language is so important, even though it may be pronouns or whatever term, it's so important that people respect that and, and follow that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I still really kind of struggle with like looking back and kind of trying to figure out who I was at that time and figuring out what I should think about myself in the past and how to incorporate that into my present and the future. So, yeah. So it's, I guess, an ongoing process. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to touch back on that, that whole, um, whose, whose story we're writing. Cause I think that's such an interesting thing mm -hmm. and something I deal with in my own writing. Cause I write nonfiction as well. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I thought it was really interesting in the the acknowledgement where you say this is not this book is not a transition story. This is a story of a relationship and what it means to love and lose someone. And I thought that was such a powerful way to frame the whole the whole story because for me, I really connected with a lot of the emotions that you put on the page, even though my experience is not the same as yours. Those feelings of heartache and loss were were very present but was it hard in the writing to navigate you mentioned this already when working with Betsy but like whose whose story is it and and did you work with Hazel on that to to get that kind of comfortable for the two of you yes yes I mean that was a huge issue for me that was probably like the major thing that I was thinking about when I was writing it and and when I was getting it to the publishing stage it's just like I I felt like you know do I have the right to tell this story but I did involve Hazel like from the very very beginning even like 
during when the you know during our breakup I told her right away you know I'm I'm writing this poem it could be a book you know partly about um, our relationship but it includes your transition and kind of what happens and she was okay with it she gave me permission to use her story and I'm completely grateful for that and so I wrote the draft I showed her the draft she gave me comments I provided her the opportunity to uh, suggest any changes especially around um, you know transitioning and being trans and all that like I didn't want to be in any way offensive and demeaning or anything so she saw basically every draft of the manuscript and she was fine with it so that's you know I was happy with that and and I but I do recognize what a generous thing that she did to allow me to include her in in the book because she is like quite private in in some ways and I'm quite private in in some ways as well so it was really important to me that I gave her permission and and I was very explicit with the publisher, Caitlin Press, and they're great, by the way, but I, I told them explicitly, you know, this is not a transition story. I'm not part of the LGBTQ community, and I don't really want to market it that way, mm -hmm. just because it would be inauthentic for me to represent any kind of viewpoint from that. Like, I don't want to take that, that uh, take up that marginalized space but still, even with that, like all that permission, all that feedback from Hazel, I still felt, is it okay? Should I have done this? Um, I spoke to other writers, other poets, and they're like, they absolutely have no problem with me telling the story. You know, they're like, mm -hmm. you're a writer. This is, you experienced this, you went through this, and you have a right to, you have a right to write any book you want. And so that's kind of the other side of, of being a writer, right? It's like, you're kind of uh, using what you're going through in your life as as fuel for your creativity and yeah. perhaps people might be hurt or, or or affected and but that shouldn't matter because it's art it's writing yeah. but still it's a it's a struggle I think it also makes a difference the, the place you're coming for, from when you're writing like it mm. I think what came across for me was such tenderness and care for for your spouse in the writing that I think maybe eased that whose story are you writing part of it when you're writing from a place of love and empathy and care that makes such a difference on the page. Oh yes. I think, um, thank you for that. Like I'm, I'm really glad that came through and, and I've had, you know, different readers tell me that as well. And that is definitely what I wanted to do with this book is not be angry and bitter because a lot of like, narratives of um of spouses with trans partners like they're so angry and bitter and it's like life is unfair but it's you know it's really nobody's fault yeah. and it's just like something that happens and you know that doesn't erase what you had right you still the love is still there just is kind of transformed into this other other thing so I mean i definitely wanted to be something compassionate and, and full of love and become like a testament to the relationship that we had even though yeah there is heartbreak and pain in the book but ultimately in the end it's it's a book of love yeah yeah and that really it really does come across 
Thank you so much. I wanted, I heard you are working on a graphic novel, and I was wondering if you would tell me a little bit about that. Sure. I am working on a graphic novel. It's, uh, oh, it's, it's quite difficult and a long-term project, obviously. And, and I'm just discovering over the year that I've been working on it, just how much more work it is to write than a book of poetry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyways, the, the graphic novel is about my family and I'm part of the Shan ethnic people from Myanmar or Burma. Our people have historically been persecuted and the victim of like, you know, all sorts of crimes by the military government in the past. And it's uh, all about like my family and my grandfather was the first prime minister of an independent Burma at the time. Our family went through a lot of like trauma, uh, violence, and and it's just like the story of our family in Burma and the struggles that our family went through, and the story of my own family immigrating to Canada. And so it's kind of a huge epic story of political struggle, personal memoir, and also family history. And I'm both writing it and drawing it so that makes it extra extra difficult (laughs) it's a lot of work (laughs) yes yes it is why did you choose to use a a graphic memoir as the the vessel to tell your story well I I love the genre like Mm -hmm. I love graphic novels I've loved them for since you know since I was in university when I discovered them some of my favorite books are graphic novels and and I wanted a way to visually tell this history and a lot of the time like memoirs or his or histories they're you know they can be great but I wanted to add like an extra element that is visual and that can transport the reader into a into different worlds I think that I like the genre just because it's very similar in my mind, to cinema. So Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of it as like making like a feature film about uh, Myanmar and Burma and my whole family, but translating it to the page. I thought it was like a real, a really interesting challenge. I'm all about trying new things, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And to be honest, like the idea of writing a real memoir with like lots of words in it it's a little intimidating to me coming from poetry like poetry no you don't use that that many words <laughs> so for me it's like it's more writing it's a narrative but it has the visual element that is also in poetry but like more explicitly visual in terms of drawings and illustrations yeah have you had what have you done for for research? Has that been challenging as to recreate the images of that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. No, like the research has been a huge component of the project. Um, luckily, there are many, many books about the country itself, like from the history, from the prehistory to like the independence stage and, and beyond. So I'm not sure of that. And my family is, I guess it's quite literary, and some of them are quite literary. Um, my father has his memoir out, and there's a biography about my grandmother oh, wow. um, that exists out there. So, and then my 
great aunt also has a memoir out. So there's a lot of like personal and historical resources that I'm, I'm using and they've been really invaluable and great, but oh my goodness, like just researching the political stuff. It's, it's just like the country, obviously currently it's in a huge mess because of the Rohingya situation and the genocide and all that. But it, this has been going on for decades and decades and, the country is a huge mess and there's so many ethnic nationalities, so many things that have gone on, so many, and the country has been in civil war for decades, right? Yeah. So it's just, yeah, that, um, figuring that aspect out has been um, really um, challenging, but yeah, interesting nonetheless. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to read it when it's done. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I'm me too. <laughs> Thanks to Anjana for being on Writing the Coast. If you want to find out more about the BC and Yukon Book Prizes, be sure to visit our website at bcyukonbookprizes.com. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we will be announcing the new shortlist of 2020 prizes in early March. So you'll want to keep an eye out for all of those because those titles will make for great reading lists you want to hunt down those titles at your local library or bookstore and gobble them up and stay tuned to hear some of the authors and illustrators on this podcast. So until we meet again on Writing the Coast, I hope you enjoy some great books.